pandemic of the unvaccinated. How many times have we heard that slogan in the last couple of months? So then who are these people and where are these people and in what quantities do they exist? I will tell you the answers to those questions are nowhere near as simple and easy to find as the vaccine marketing slogan, pandemic of the unvaccinated, might suggest. So how well does pandemic of the unvaccinated stand up against math? The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. These presentations often begin with me in my head saying, you know, I can knock out this subject probably with about a page of bullet points. And yeah, it's almost always bullshit. It never turns out that way. And it certainly didn't turn out that way with this presentation. So please bear with me. I'm going to try and run through the statistics, the numbers as quickly as possible so that we can get to the actual point. I want to start with these statistics, which are all current as of September 1, 2021. I've said before, the CDC has a metric for determining how many actual infections exist as opposed to infections we know about from PCR testing. So that's identified infections. Those are verified by testing. And unidentified infections. Those are the ones where people may have been infected or they were infected. And nobody knows because they just didn't bother to get tested, usually because they were asymptomatic. Nevertheless, the CDC has a metric for determining that. They say for every one identified infection, there are four unidentified infections in the U.S. So using CDC's metric, there are 197,500,000 people with prior infection immunity. They've already been infected with SARS-CoV-2 at some point over the last 19 months. That is 59% of the U.S. population. Total vaccinations, again, as per the CDC, and September 1st, 2021, are 205,500,000. That makes a combined total of 403 million people, which is 69,700,000 or 21% more than the total population of the United States. So with 121% of the U.S. population either having prior infection immunity or they've been vaccinated, who are all these unvaccinated people government and media is constantly going on about? Well, we could probably discern that answer by looking at the number of people who were previously infected with SARS-CoV-2 and then went out and got the vaccine. So there would be an overlap, and that overlapping section would then constitute the disparity, would clarify the size of each group. That would be some good information to know, yes? Yeah, it would. And you can't know because CDC isn't providing that data. And providing that data would be simple enough. As of September 1st, 2021, CDC says there are 39.5 million Americans with identified infections. So you start with something you know, the identified infections. And the CDC has a record of who all those people are. And the CDC has a record of all the people who've been immunized, who've been vaccinated. So all the CDC has to do is run a computer analysis that tells them what percentage of those with identified prior SARS-CoV-2 infections have become vaccinated after they were infected. And in fact, 
I'm absolutely confident CDC has done that because it's a critical data point. I mean, if I was in charge of the CDC or if you were in charge of the CDC, that's a piece of data we would want. So we would run that analysis, except CDC doesn't want the American people to know the result of that analysis. If the CDC were to make that data public, then everyone who has the data would be able to extrapolate from those known numbers to the larger societal totals. And that could be very disadvantageous to the vaccine marketing narrative. Have you ever wondered how the U.S. government pronounces that a particular variant has reached a state where they call it dominant, or they'll say, well, this particular variant's at 9% of the population, and this variant is now found in 39% of the population, and so forth? You've probably seen that in the news. Have you ever wondered how those numbers come about? Do you think they are sequencing for variant identification every single sample that's taken from every single American? No, absolutely not. But we do here in the United States is we sequence for variant identification 1.4% of all samples. That's it, 1.4. And then based on that 1.4% of all samples, then the government extrapolates that to the rest of the population. So yes, the government's already taking small numbers, small representative samples, and then extrapolating to the larger population. So clearly, this is not a novel concept to the CDC, and I'm absolutely confident they're doing that in terms of identified infections and how many people who've been previously infected have gotten vaccinated. Not only is it incredibly logical, but it's also really, really easy. We also don't need to rely on historical data. What the CDC could do, again, if it wanted to, like it doesn't want to release the data it already has, if it wanted to, it could ask for volunteers. If one person volunteers, just before they get the jab, they would have a blood draw, and they would take that blood draw, and they would do a memory T-cell test on it, which would determine if at any time in the last 19 months that person had prior infection before getting the vaccine. Then they could extrapolate from the 1% of people who volunteer. If they're extrapolating for the entire country concerning variant prevalence at 1.4%, they could certainly extrapolate from 1% concerning how many people who are getting vaccinated moving forward from the time they made the time they would make such a decision, how many people have prior infection, and then perhaps they don't even know they were infected. Maybe they were asymptomatic, or perhaps they had something in their leg. It's such a little trivial thing. I have the sniffles. They never went and got tested. So this would give us a current reading on that, a current percentage. CDC could do that for 30 days, do the extrapolation, present the data to the American people. Not holding my breath. I'm not holding my breath because CDC has a policy that it doesn't run public studies. It might do them in private, but it's not going to run them and let the public know about studies if the results of those studies may undermine the CDC's public narrative. But that doesn't mean you and I can't look at the numbers today. Let's start with the figure we mentioned earlier, that 197,500,000 Americans have previously been infected with SARS-CoV-2, and therefore they have prior infection immunity. You know, there was a study maybe 60 days ago out of Israel uh, that stated that the odds of becoming reinfected from SARS-CoV-2, once you've already been naturally infected and have prior infection immunity, was eight one-thousandths of 1%. Obviously, pretty crazy good, right? Okay, so then I was just reading another study like, you know, four or five days ago, and that study said the odds of getting reinfected if you already have prior infection immunity is one-tenth of 1%. Okay, so that is a <laughs> worlds apart difference, right? Just crazy difference. Doesn't even make any sense. Um, but for the purpose of today, we're going to run with the <laughs> bad one, which is one-tenth of 1%. One-tenth of one percent is really, really good, and that's the worst estimate that's out there, right? With one-tenth of one percent, it's almost statistically zero. I mean, it's really good. 
And my point in sharing those numbers with you is that if we want to take a look and we want to drill down the numbers, as we talked about at the beginning, we're going to find out actually these unvaccinated people. Who are they? Where are they? How many of them are there? We have to start by acknowledging that when we take a look at the total population of the United States, we need to take 197,500,000 people and completely remove them from the equation. Vaccinated or not, they need to be removed from the equation because they have prior infection immunity, so they are not becoming infected. And if they are not infected, they cannot infect others. In other words, as far as SARS-CoV-2 and the whole, whatever you want to call it, event, epidemic, pandemic, whatever, they are no longer even on the playing field. So if we take the total population of the United States and we remove 197,500,000, we're left with 135,800,000 without prior infection immunity. So how many of them have been vaccinated? Of that 135,800,000, how many have been vaccinated? 10%? 90%? 50%? We don't know because CDC isn't giving us the numbers. You see the problem with CDC gathering this data and then not sharing it with us. The difference between 10% of those people being vaccinated and 90% of those people being vaccinated is huge. To not gather that sort of information would be, (laughs) uh, the phrase grossly irresponsible would be an all-time understatement. So does CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, does she know that not gathering that data would be grossly irresponsible? Of course she does. She's a professional epidemiologist which is why I'm 100% confident CDC has gathered that information. They have done the analysis, and they do have the answers that would be useful for us to have. But for some reason, CDC has decided you and I cannot have access to that data. So a CDC director, Walensky, keeping the actual data from the American people, how can we estimate the number of people in that remaining pool, 135,800,000? How can we estimate the percentage that have been vaccinated? The best way I can come up with is to use the September 1st, 2021 CDC estimate of the percentage of Americans generally in the general population that have already been vaccinated, and that is 62.6%. So if we apply that general percentage to the equation we're working on, that tells us that 85 million of that larger number have been vaccinated, leaving us with the unvaxxed and no prior immunity infection at 50,800,000, which is 15% of the total U.S. population. Let's put that 15% out of view for a moment and discuss Israel. Data out of Israel not long ago shows that roughly 50% of its new daily infections are from people who are vaccinated. That's one of the reasons they're going for the third shot, otherwise known as the second booster. Yeah, that's not really going to help them out in the long run, but that's for another presentation. So out of 9 million Israelis, 6 million are vaccinated, and yet half of their new daily infections come from that vaccinated pool. Let's apply the Israeli experience of 50% of all new daily infections coming from people who are vaccinated to the United States. From July 20th to August 17th, the U.S. added 3,500,000 new infections. That means over that 28-day period, 1,750,000 infections came from people who were vaccinated, and an equal amount came from, in theory, the 15% who are not vaxxed and have no prior infection immunity. By the way, that, that date range, July 20 to August 17th, I've used that because for that 28-day period, which was this 
meteoric rise in new daily infections in the United States, I actually went through the data day by day by day by day by day and added up the new daily infections every day for those 28 days, and it came out to 3,500,000. Here's another stat. The very highest number of daily new infections in the United States took place on January 8th, 2021, 301,000 infections on that single day with 98% of the U.S. public not vaccinated. Not only was 98% not vaccinated, by the narrative we're given from the establishment, most of that 2% had not yet developed whatever level of immunity the vaccine imparts. In that sense, it would probably be more realistic to say that on January 8th, 99% of the U.S. public was not vaccinated and the highest ever number of infections 301,000. Then we shift to summer. In the high, the second highest number of infections at a single day in the United States history of the SARS-CoV-2 outbreak is 208,400 on August 30th, with 15% of the U.S. population not vaccinated. To believe the pandemic of the unvaccinated narrative, we would have to believe that in August, 50,800,000 Americans created nearly the same amount of infections in a single day as 326,300,000 did back in January. Phrased another way, in order to believe the narrative, you would have to believe that 85% fewer unvaccinated people created nearly the same number of infections. Here's another piece of information for you. With government and media screaming that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, no one in authority, whether it's CDC, National Institutes of Health, uh, big medical chains, hospitals, giving stats out at a press conference, none of them, not one single person ever has said that hospitalizations are involving people who are unvaccinated with prior infection immunity. Zero. None. I think that's a pretty significant and really important distinction. These facts are so evident that Pfizer's CEO, maybe I should say even Pfizer's CEO, made a public statement, and as I'm recording this probably four or five days ago, in which he said the government's policy concerning vaccination should take into account people with prior infection immunity because prior infection immunity is so much better and stronger than any <clears throat> would-be immunity from the vaccine. And by so much stronger, I mean that a study out of Israel probably a week ago said that prior infection immunity is 13 times better than the immunity such as it is that you get from the vaccine. One thing is crystal clear. Whether new daily infections coming from people who are vaccinated constitutes 25% of the population, as was recently said by the Los Angeles County Health Department, whether it's 50% out of Israel, whether it's as high as 80% out of some other jurisdictions, whether it's 25, 50, 80, what is crystal clear is this is not, absolutely 1,000% not, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And most disturbingly, that mantra, that vaccine sales pitch, does not address in any way, shape, or form and leaves out of the consciousness of the people who hear it the reality that people with prior infection immunity are basically off the SARS-CoV-2 epidemic playing field. They are done and out. And I find it really disturbing that I'm the guy sitting here telling you this, rather than Fauci, rather than Walensky, 
because they know it just as I know it and just as I've shared it here with you today. And as public officials, both of them owe a duty to the United States to make sure that their message is factual, accurate, and clear and conveys what is really going on. And neither of them are fulfilling that obligation. If you appreciate this sort of rational and logical breakdown, go to drreality.news, grab yourself a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Myths or Body Science. By purchasing one of these two books, or both, which will be the most fascinating books you've ever read in your life, you have my word on that, you will help me to continue to be here for you. And I'm not doing that kind of stuff where I say, hey, will you contribute financially to what I'm doing? I'm saying, let's have an exchange of value where you're winning, because I assure you, when you purchase Body Science, you purchase Income Tax Shattering this, the money that you spend on either of those books will be just infinitesimal in comparison to the value you get from them. Spend a few bucks on these books that will be incredibly valuable to you and will change your life if you let them. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm.